Hi, everyone. This is JJ, the co-founder of Good Pods. If you haven't heard of it yet, Good Pods is like Goodreads or Instagram, but for podcasts. It's new, it's social, it's different, and it's growing really fast. There are more than 2 million podcasts, and we know that it is impossible to figure out what to listen to. On Good Pods, you follow your friends and podcasters to see what they like. That is the number one way to discover new shows and episodes. You can find Good Pods on the web or download the app. Happy listening. Welcome back to another episode of Fantasy Football with Gumbo. My name is Ja. Hey, it's Duke over here. You know who it is. What's going on? We hope you guys have had an amazing week. I know some of y'all have started drafting in your respective leagues. Uh, So we want to go ahead and give you guys our final rankings. Yes, sir. So you know exactly where we fall. I think, Dugo, today we should go ahead and talk about those guys like a Rasheed Rice, uh, like a Jaden Reed. I like that. Yeah, I'm definitely down for that. I mean, there's definitely... I mean, I feel like one of the things that we've definitely emphasized during this whole draft process is how deep this class really is. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, especially when these landing spots really came out, once we finally found out where people landed, mm-hmm. I feel like it definitely either elevated where these guys stand within what you think, mm-hmm. or it definitely could have hindered where they went. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, there's some people who landed perfectly, like if you want to look at running backs, Devin A-Chain. Perfect I mean, spot. that's one of the perfect spots that we were talking about leading up to this. 100%. And I mean, someone like Rasheed Rice, you know, landing in uh, Kansas, Kansas City. City. And then you also have rumors of Patrick Mahomes literally saying that he wants this kid on this team. Like, that just gives you goosebumps. Like, it gives you those wonders of, oh, shit, like, they're probably going to be implemented really early. So, you know, like, it's definitely those kids that, you know, like you said, didn't get a lot of hype. But, I mean, shoot, they obviously did something right in the draft process. And now their stock has either been more elevated than it's ever been. Or it could be hurting more than it ever could have been as well. Running backs are, you know, no longer a dime a dozen. They're kind of harder to come by. And we want to go ahead and give you guys a synopsis, I guess, of what we think of this incoming running back class for rookies. So... Right now, I have all my rookies ranked. Dugo has his rookies ranked. And Dugo, I kind of want to hear from you, man. Who is, I mean, I guess, who are your top five running backs from this draft class? Yeah, man. So, I mean, the top couple, I feel like, aren't a surprise. So, Bijan, obviously, is one. I mean, him going number eight to the Falcons is kind of ridiculous. It's a great line. Congratulations spot. to him. Yeah. And then Jameer Gibbs going 12 to the Lions. I mean, you can't write that up any better. I mean, obviously getting that sort of landing spot. I mean, but, like, it's not necessarily the landing spot that gets it for me. It's more the draft capital. I mean, taking him within the top 15, and it's a running back when we haven't seen a running back in the top 10 in how long. Yep. And then we haven't seen running backs in the top 20 in how long, but then this guy goes 12, and I thought this guy was definitely a borderline day two pick. Mm-hmm. So his stock has unfortunately surpassed where I had uh, Tajay Spears last week. Uh, my number three now, Devin A. Chain landing in Miami. I mean, his stock has definitely, 
I don't want to say stayed stagnant, at least in my books. Like, he definitely, he earned some money going there for sure. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I had him, I think, at my three or four. So, it didn't really change for me. Like, I already knew he was a good prospect. You know why I like Devin A. Chain at RB3? Yeah, what's going on with that? Why do you like that? So, you look at someone who has, I guess, the closest, you know, mold to him that's currently in the Miami running back room. And you look at Raheem Mostert. Okay, I like so, that. So, Raheem Mostert, he is... You know, ultra fast. He's 5'10". Uh, I think Raheem's like 205, so he's a little bit bigger than Devin A. Chain. Right. But when you look at Raheem Mostert last season, I mean, he still finished around like that RB25 mark for PPR leagues. Dude, the only thing with Raheem, though, is he's always battled injuries. So, I mean, if yep. if Devin A. Chain can avoid that, I mean, yep. you can only imagine where his stock could go. And Raheem Mostert has had it worse than most when it comes to injuries. When you look at Mostert last season, he had 891 rush yards. Three rushing touchdowns and 31 catches out of the backfield. I think A-Chain has the potential to get more than 800 rushing yards and, you know what I'm saying, more than 20 to 25 receptions. Absolutely, yeah. I definitely can see that as well. I like so, that. So, yeah. uh, moving down my list, number four, I got Kendra Miller uh, going to the New Orleans Saints. Mm-hmm. I mean, I absolutely love this guy as a prospect, but then him going to somewhere like that where they have Dennis Allen, who's a defensive head coach. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, they just run the fuck out of the ball. I mean, that's just what the Saints want to do, and that's what he can do. He also can work out of the backfield as well, catching balls kind of like a uh, kind of like someone who's already there already. What? They're trying to move off of someone. What? Alvin Kamara? In that backfield. What? So, I just think that with this guy's legal uh, background right now, I feel like the Saints aren't in a happy spot with that guy, especially with all the money that's due to him. So I'm assuming they're probably going to move off this cat pretty soon. Uh, and when they get a running back with the caliber of Kendrick Miller in the third round, I mean, it's just right on the wall. I mean, I think that they got Kamara, I think, in the fourth. It might have been the third. But nonetheless, I mean, it's just one of those things to where he's probably paid his dues. He's got his money. Third. They drafted Kamara in the third. So, I mean, it's the same cap, dog. I mean, kind of ready on the wall, I feel like. I mean, he's mm-hmm. going to serve his six months or six, six games. Six-week su- six suspension. And then I think that is going to probably, you know, obviously go to a two-headed backfield from there. But, I mean, if you're a Kendra Miller owner, I think you could almost see dominant backfield production for the first six weeks. And if he can absolutely pop out, I think that you could obviously see him uh, leading the backfield and maybe seeing Alvin Kamara uh, spelling him out of the back if that's what they want to do going forward. I like Kendra a lot. I'm going to get into Kendra when I do mine. Yeah. Uh, who's your RB5? Five. I do have, uh, unfortunately, because of my injury concerns to Tajay Spears, Mm-hmm. I have Zach Charbonnet as my five. How do you feel about him in Seattle playing behind Ken Walker? So I think that it's going to be all right just because I feel like in this past year, what they realized is their running backs get hurt pretty easily. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like it's going to be more of a mixture in that backfield. And I feel like both of them can kind of do the same things. I feel like Charbonnet might be more of that power back, kind of like what uh you know Rashad Penny was. I mean, Penny could do everything as well, but I feel like Charbonnet is one of those guys who, he's a little more sturdy, so he's one of those guys who can go in, like, you know, when it's third and one, and you don't want to risk your top-end running back going in there with his neck. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can go go ahead and hand it off to someone that you could trust, almost like what the Packers have in A.J. Dillon. 
Yeah. You know, like, I just feel like it's someone like that where, I mean, I don't think you're necessarily taking any value away. If anything, you're almost gaining value with both. Yeah. But, like, I feel like, obviously, at the end of the day, if you look at that kind of perspective, if you are a uh, Kenneth Walker holder, you might have a Vulture and Zach Charbonnet in your backfield. Is this a buy-low opportunity for Kenneth Walker in your eyes? I mean, you definitely could look at it that way. I mean, one thing that I really loved about James Conner coming out was the fact that when he was on the Steelers, he absolutely just vultured the fuck out of those touchdowns to begin with. Yep. And then he went to the Cardinals and did the same thing. So, like, when you look at people like that, Mm -hmm. and I feel like James Conner and Zach Charbonnet don't necessarily have the exact same you know, like, characteristic background, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I feel like they kind of shade each other. So, like, I feel like if you want to look at someone with that sort of production, you got to look at someone like James Conner. So, I feel like if you want to take maybe 5 7 8% off of James Conner, I feel like you got Zach Charbonnet. So, your RB1 was Bijan. Yep. RB2 was Jameer Gibbs. Mm-hmm. RB3 was Devin A. Chain. Yep. RB4 was Kendra Miller. Yes, sir. And RB5 was Zach Charbonnet. Yeah. I mean, like I said... That's purely because of my injury concerns with Tajay Spears. I absolutely love Tajay more as a prospect myself. It's just the sheer fact of the injuries and the fact that he has Derrick Henry square in his backfield as of right now. Okay. I mean, when I'm looking at it from a fantasy background or from a fantasy perspective, I don't love the injury concern. What about a dynasty perspective, though? Well, it's Long-term. one of those. Well, it's one of those things where, like, even with that, like. I feel like we've talked about this and may have been off or off mic, but I forgot who it was exactly. But you brought up uh, Todd Gurley, I think it was, mm-hmm. who had literally the same exact injuries. And I mean, Todd Gurley was an absolute stud for three, four years, yeah, and then dropped off like a rock going into the ocean. Mm-hmm. So I mean, off it's, the side of the planet, yeah. It's one of those things, dude. To where like I think he has, I think he's already on a time clock. Yeah. Like, I think he has five, maybe six years. One year wasted is one too many. Right. So, I just think that, I mean, if you're looking at it from a dynasty perspective, it just hurts it a little bit more. And, I mean, running backs are already on the clock to begin with. Yeah. But, I mean, if you want to look at someone who is going to be productive for a couple of years, maybe he can spell off of D. Henny for a couple, you know, maybe be a third. See, and I can tell you really like Tajay, but the fact him. that he has that knee and arthritis issue... It and just, the fact that he plays behind Derrick Henry, obviously one of the best running backs in the NFL. He's my favorite back in the league. See, it's not the issue of, like, he's playing behind Derrick Henry for a year or two. It's the issue of, like, he's already on a time clock. Because of his knee. It's not because of, like, he's... He's playing behind a dominant running back. So a year or two behind Derrick Henry is, like, equivalent to two to four for another running back because we don't know how long is going to last in the league if this yeah. is, you know, like a severe arthritis issue of... Or if this is a issue of him not having that ACL is going to really fuck up his leg. Exactly. I mean, I, from my experience with arthritis, I don't have it. I know people who do have it. And even the people who don't really necessarily move around those parts a lot, mm-hmm. that arthritis still moves and carries like a bitch. Yeah. Like, I mean, like it still builds up. It's still going to callus. It's still going to do whatever arthritis does to your body. Okay. See, and when I... I guess when I look at Tajay Spears, I like him, but I don't have him in my top five. I actually don't have him in my top ten. That's crazy. To uh, me. me and Dugo's top four are identical. At RB1, I have Bijan. RB2 is Jameer. At RB3, I have, I have Devin A. Chain. And I know the size, you know, isn't the most appealing, but the guy's a good running back. He got great draft capital, and he went to the ideal landing spot. 
at RB4, I got Kendra Miller because I don't think he's going to be as effective year one. But going into year two, I think that he could take over that backfield. Absolutely. And my RB5 is not Zach Charbonnet. My RB5, my RB5 is actually Roshan Johnson. That's brazen, me, dude. Fuck the Bears, by the way. Roshan Johnson has elite size. Roshan Johnson comes in at six foot, two nineteen, four five forty. Uh, he has a twenty nine point seven BMI, which is really close to that thirty point zero number, mm-hmm. which you know we always strive to get close to. If you guys have been listening, uh, and then his rushing grade is ninety out of a hundred, halfway good receiving grade. He has a good speed score that's you know closer to that hundred mark, and he goes into a situation in which he's going to be playing against Khalil Herbert, who, don't get me wrong, is a talented running back, but Roshan just has the alpha size, and he can do most of what Khalil Herbert can do. Right. And, you know, Deontay Foreman, who... Is aging. And he's like a journeyman at this point. You can build around Roshan and Justin Fields running, you know, options for the next however many years. Yeah. Roshan actually used to be a quarterback. That's brazy. So now you can go crazier with the option routes and the game planning and the trick plays and... All that other stuff. I think Roshan's going to be a staple of this offense for years to come. And because of his alpha size, he's not going to be easily moved. Well, I mean, with that, so I think one of the most uh, important things that you brought up is the fact that he used to be a quarterback. So with that, yes, it brings up the intelligence, but it also brings up the fact that even with his size, you might want a more elusive back in the backfield and third down situations. But with a uh, Roshan Johnson, you mm-hmm. can have him in the backfield and still be able to view the pocket correctly like a quarterback would and find out where his blind spot is. You know. So I feel like it really just adds a lot of uh, it adds a lot of value because I mean I think he is a lot better pass catcher than what we all think. Obviously, he mm-hmm. played behind Bijan basically the whole time he was at Texas, so he never got his shine, but mm-hmm. he still caught balls out of the backfield. It wasn't mm-hmm. like it wasn't like something out of the ordinary for him. Yeah, I mean, he's he's talented in a lot of different areas, but the thing that ultimately sells me, I guess, on Roshan is the fact that when it comes to the red zone mm-hmm. and when it comes to, like, third and one, third and two, he's the back that's going to be on the field. Exactly, dude, and especially, I mean, I know we brought this up, but with, Devont- with Deontay Foreman aging... I mean, if that guy takes one bad hit and something happens in his body where he's going to be out for a few weeks, I mean, like you said, with his alpha size, I mean, it's not hard to imagine him playing over the top of Khalil Herbert. Mm -hmm. I mean, just getting those more dog, you know, downs. You look at the NFL last year, I mean, the Bears were third in terms of rushing attempts per game. Mm -hmm. The only two teams ahead of them were the Philadelphia Eagles, who were the most run-heavy team in the NFL, and the Atlanta Falcons, who were the second most run-heavy team in the NFL. The Bears were the third, you know, most heavy run team in the NFL. Right. And so, Roshan's going to get opportunity. Well, I mean, there's a lot to go with that as well. I mean, there's also the fact that the... Top three also have rushing quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's you have to think about that in the consideration. But nonetheless, those are what those coaches want to do is run the ball. Yep. So, I mean, yes, at the end of the day, when you have someone like Roshan Johnson, who, I mean, relatively is fresh coming out of Texas because he didn't take all those hits like Bijan was. Yeah. So, I mean, if you want to look at it that way, I mean, the guy is also 6'2", 220. So, I mean, he's going to be able to take hits regardless. He's a he, phys- plays at a, he plays at the NFL caliber anyways. He's I a, don't know, bro. He's a physical freak. 
who's fresh on his legs and is going to a run-heavy offense. Bro, like, just imagine, like, if this guy would have went somewhere else in the SEC or, like, the Big Ten. Like, where would this guy's capital be? Like, where would he, you know, like... He's in the same vein of running backs as Anthony Richardson is in quarterbacks. Yeah, honestly, bro, like, there's just a lot of question marks, but I think they're going to all be answered once he steps on the field. The upside is crazy. In a one-quarterback league, I'm considering taking Roshan at the 110. He's fallen towards the end of the second, beginning of the third, and I'm right. like, how, bro? Like, Roshan Johnson is a physical freak of nature, so if he takes his spot or if he is above average, he is always going to have a role because there's no one that's going to be able to come in and really take his job. I mean, obviously they can draft some kind of a smaller PPR back in the fourth, fifth, sixth round who is going to come in there and maybe play a pass-catching role similar to Herbert at some point. But you're never going to go out and draft a receiver who can threaten Roshan Johnson for the alpha, you know what I'm saying, uh, 15, 20 carrier role job. Right. I mean, when you look at when you look at it at the end of the day, when you want to look at that alpha size of the 6'2", 220. 6 foot, 220. Is it 6 foot? I thought it was 6'2". Six 6 foot. It's 6 foot? 6 foot, 219. Yeah. Damn, I thought this guy was more closer to D. Henny size. I mean, that, that hurts it a little bit for me, but nonetheless, I mean, I just feel like when you look at this guy's size, I mean, he does fill that... He fills a void for a team, and especially when you look at the Bears where they play. I mean, they. I feel like they're going to play from behind a lot, but nonetheless, you have Iberflus as their head coach who is a defensive-minded head coach, and defensive-minded head coaches like to control the game. Yep. So with that, they run the ball. So I could definitely see them like running that. the ball a lot with Roshan. I mean, like, just off a of rip, I think it's a good landing spot. I have him eight for me. I'm mine. But nonetheless, like, I mean, it's most more or less because he's on the Bears. If he would have been anywhere else. <laughs> this motherfucker hates the Bears. I hate the Bears, and I hate everyone on the Bears. But I do like Roshan Johnson. All right. Let me wrap up my top ten. I'll give you guys a little bit of a bonus. Once again, at one, I got Bijan. At two, I got Jameer Gibbs. At three, we got Devin A. Chain. Four is Kendra Miller. My five is Roshan Johnson. But following up at six, I got Zach Charbonnet. Uh, currently the RB2 for the Seahawks. We'll see how that works out. But if given the opportunity due to injury, due to suspension, due to anything that could happen to Ken Walker, this guy has top 20 running back upside. Uh, but just because of the muddled situation with them also drafting Kenny McIntosh, um, you know what I'm saying? Having DJ Dallas there, I just am worried about his touches. Uh, at my seven, um, I got a spicy one. Uh, I got Zach Evans at seven. I got Zach Evans at seven with the Rams because I think he has the size that most alpha, you know, running backs need, which is at six foot, over 200 pounds. He's versatile. Everyone and their mom knows the fact that he was a five-star recruit coming out of high school. But I believe that in the system with Sean McVay, with Cam Makers only having one more year left on his contract with the Rams and with him obviously underperforming most of that contract, there is a world that exists in which Zach Evans is a value pick and he could possibly take over this job. So I got Zach Evans as my seven, Deuce Vaughn as my eight. I know he's I know he's undersized, but all his metrics outside of you know his pure just size, weight, all that kind of shit, it's amazing. He's a great rusher, great pass catcher, fast as fuck, um, elusive, all the kind of things that you want to see in a playmaker. So with him going to a team in which his dad's actually, I think, one of the coaches. He's one of the scouts. One of the scouts. He has the support. Everyone's pulling for him. 
And he's somebody who can come in and spell Tony Pollard, who, I mean, if you expect Tony Pollard to go into the season next year and be a top 15 running back, don't talk to me about the Cowboys not having a role for someone who's not a rusher, but is, you know, a pass catching specialist. Uh, but that's my RB8. At RB9, we got RB9, we got Izzy Abanaconda. Landed with the Jets. Not the you greatest don't seem, spot. You don't seem too thrilled about that one. I don't love the landing spot because of Brees Hall and Michael Carter. You have two guys who are pretty good at what they do. Um, I mean, barring injury, how often is Izzy going to get on the field, right? No doubt. I mean, how much do you think about it, though? I mean, obviously, it's not a new head coach, but it is a new offensive coordinator coming in mm-hmm. with Nathaniel Hackett. How much do you think that Izzy could possibly be the pass-catching back and Michael Carter might take a back seat? I mean, he has shown lack of production, honestly, the last two years. So how much do you think they're kind of just sick of it and they want to go in a different direction? Because Even so, him and Izzy don't have identical, like, I mean, um, I feel like, like Izzy might. Sets, like, I feel like Izzy might be the stronger, like downhill runner. But I mean, Izzy, sure. Izzy definitely can catch the fuck out of the ball out of the backfield. But that's what you have Brees for is rushing, especially inside zone rushing. Right, but like I said, I. But like I said, I think that Izzy's talent with catching out of the backfield hasn't been quite tapped yet. Yeah. Like I think that that definitely could be an option to where if they aren't satisfied with Michael Carter, they could either trade him off for like a seventh. Or drop him because, I mean, honestly, like, if you look at him, dog, like, how productive has he really been? I mean, he's still kind of young. He's 24, but, I mean, like we said, running backs have time clocks, and if they aren't productive. Well, the Jets also have Zonovan Knight, who came in and was productive last year. They do, but he was also an undrafted free agent, if you want to look at it that way. True. They have a lot of depth back there. So, I like Izzy. And I have him in my top ten just based off the talent. Yeah. Uh, but I hate the situation. And I, the guys, I can understand that. The guys fucking up his situation are going to be that they just got drafted last year or the year before. Like, they're going to be there for a little bit, right? You're talking about the next two to three years. So, with that being said, I like Izzy's talent. If he gets the opportunity, I think he could thrive. Uh, but he's my RB9. And at RB10, uh, to wrap it all up, I think I like, I like Sean Tucker as a moonshot. I like Sean Tucker as a moonshot because, you know, God will and his health is okay. Mm-hmm. And he gets the opportunity to step on the field and do what he's been doing his entire life. Uh, I think this dude could be special. I think he has upside as a pass catcher. I think he has upside as a rusher. He's uh, perfect. He has a great BMI. I think it's like 30-ish. Okay. But the guy ultimately is someone who's... He has a versatile like bag of tools and bags bag of tricks. His issue is always just consistency. Right. Whether it be consistency catching the ball, consistency in pass protection. Those are things that can be coached up, though, if you go to a proper team. And you go to a team like the Buccaneers, in which you have Todd Bowles, who has always run kind of like a run-first type of offense. He has the tools in place to fix up someone like a Sean Tucker. Well, I hope so, man. I really do. So, honestly, I won't lie. I really liked your list. I mean, I feel like I had most of those people on mine. Okay. The one person that I don't think I heard though was Tank, Tank Bigsby. Bigsby. Yeah, yeah, I I have him at my seven. Yeah, I really like him a lot, and I mean, especially him going down to Jacksonville, where I mean, if you have heard anything, I'm pretty sure Doug Peterson himself has said that they want to try to mix up their rushing game a bit. And I mean, when you look at what Travis Etienne has done, it's been productive, but it definitely hasn't been to the you know to the caliber of that first round pick. And it wasn't drafted by that regime, but 
uh, Tank Bigsby was, and he's drafted in, I believe, the third round. Yeah. So, I mean, um, I just feel like that just adds to the competition. I mean, I'm not saying that he's going to overtake Travis Etienne by any means, but I do think that he definitely could end up taking maybe 100 rushes away from him, maybe. I look at Tank Bigsby the same way I looked at TJ Yeldon. Interesting. Why is that? Um, I look at him as, like, the secondary back in the backfield. Okay. I look at him as, like, the clear RB2 on the team. He will get his opportunities, and he'll get his attempts. But this Jacksonville Jaguars backfield is also pretty damn talented. I mean, they have right. Snoop Conner back there. Back there, They have Jermichael Hasty. Uh, I know James Robinson was recently released and all that kind of stuff, yep. but uh, they have a ton of running backs back there who can step in at a moment's notice and, you know, hold their weight. No doubt, and but so, I feel like when you get back there, though, like when – when you get to that trading camp and when you have a rookie out there who you have to understand, you have capital in and, yeah, you want them to succeed. And obviously you have other capital in these other guys. Snoop Conner didn't get that much capital. I think he was a seventh-round pick. And then when you look at Jermichael Hasty, he came from the 49ers. So, I mean, if you want to look at someone that they want to call their own talent, I'm just saying it's Tank Bigsby. They also have Dearness Johnson and Quadri Olison from the Falcons. Okay. So I like Dearness Johnson as a prospect. He's a big, bruising running back. You guys might remember him from the Cleveland game against the Denver Broncos a couple years ago on Thursday Night Football. Uh, the guy had like 15, 20 touches and over like 120 yards on the ground. He, it was incredible. And so you also have Jermichael Hasty, who's a vet in the league. You have Travis Etienne, who is obviously the PPR back, but then you also bring in Snoop Conner, who's young, who's versatile, and who has some NFL experience. Right. I'm not saying Tank Bigsby is some scrub, but I am saying that this is a pass-heavy team in which maybe one of the pass-heaviest teams in the NFL, actually. Um, and Tank Bigsby could easily get anywhere between 8 to 10 you know, touches a game, but is 8 to 10 touches a game enough for him to be a top 10 running back from this class? Even with Devin A. Chain, I see I mean, him. moving forward, I mean, once you get Travis Etienne off the squad, then obviously you definitely do. And he only has a couple of years yeah. left. I think he should be in the top 10. I like Sean Tucker's upside a little bit more than Tank Bigsby. Uh, that's kind of more so just due to my prospect rankings before these guys were ever drafted. Okay. So my prospect rankings always kind of told me Sean Tucker had more upside. Uh, he was a little bit more explosive of an athlete. Somebody with a little bit more pass catching history. Tank Bigsby, outside of you know his freshman year, wasn't all that great in college. Obviously, he played for a shit team. He was highly hyped coming out of high school. But Sean Tucker was that guy who just had more upside, in my opinion, as far as his pass catching goes. And it's hard for me to put Bigsby in that role, even though he got that round three draft cap, uh, just because I don't really see the opportunity the way everyone else does. I know he's going to get the opportunity, but also statistically... Out of these day one and day two running backs, a few of them bust. And Tank Bigsby has some of the higher likelihood, in my opinion, to be amongst that bust category compared to some of the other guys who went off the board. Obviously, I don't love Tajay Spears, but you look at other guys comparable to, you know, Devin A. Chain, Kendra Miller, Jameer Gibbs, Bijan Robinson, Zach Charbonnet. Like, Bigsby, two, three years from now, has the possibility to be the guy from the class that just didn't get it done. I could also see him see him being the guy who surprises you because, I mean, we've seen it with these changes change of regimes when people want to go with their own guy. 
And I mean, with Travis Etienne already having a large enough contract being a first-round pick as by himself, I mean, I could definitely see them trying to move off of him either by trade or releasing him to get off that sort of cap. Like, mm. all I'm saying is, like, at the end of the day, like, I feel like they drafted this guy for a reason. You don't draft a running back in the third round just to keep him as, like, a dark horse. I'm just, I'm sorry to say, but that just doesn't happen. You don't draft him so someone else in your division doesn't get him. I'm I'm sorry, yep. that doesn't happen as a running back. Yep. So, obviously, they have some sort of plan for him. And I think that at the end of the day, Tank Biz. Tank Bigsby is going to be a top 10 running back from this class, 100%. All right, and wide receiver. Uh, who are your top 10 wide receivers from this draft class? Yeah, man, so to go with my top 10, uh, I got JSN as my one. Okay. I got Quentin Johnson as my two. J.A. Jordan Addison as my three going to the Vikings. I think he's going to step in and be the date or be the wide receiver two there. So I do think you got to give him a little bit of credit as much as I do hate on him. Mm-hmm. Number four, I do have Rasheed Rice. I fucking love this guy, dude. Him going to the Chiefs is huge for me. I think I had him maybe, like, my. I think I had him at 10 at last week. But with this uh, landing spot, dude, he's shot up my boards. I really mm-hmm. like him. The only thing that kind of throws it off for me, at least off the top of my head, is his age. Other than that, I mean, with Patty Mahomes throwing the ball, I mean, how can he not love this guy? Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on to my five, I have Zay Flowers. Obviously getting that first-round cap from the Ravens speaks volumes to me, especially going forward after OBJ and everyone else kind of falls to the wayside. I think that Zay Flowers will be the constant there. Uh, six, I got Jonathan Mingo getting second-round cap from the Carolina Panthers I thought was kind of sicko. I mean, I absolutely love this kid. I mean, when you look at him, we I feel like both agreed that he has the same frame as, you know, A.J. Brown. So, I mean, to assume that someone like that can step in for the Carolina Panthers and kind of be the alpha size receiver, I mean, to when you look at that room, dude, like they have like Adam Thielen who's icy, but like he's not necessarily like an alpha. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like the Panthers kind of got a big dub with that. Like, I feel like they kind of saw the upside that we did. So, I have him as my six. Seven, I have Josh Downs. Uh, You know, like, I I've obviously have loved this guy since day one. Wow, that's kind of, that feels kind of low for you. It is, bro. It is a little low. I mean, I feel like just, like, some of these landing spots, I felt, like, hit a little higher for me. And with him going to the Colts... Obviously, with him already getting into the groove with Anthony Richardson's kind of sicko for me. But at the end of the day, I feel like that is a run-first team. And, mm-hmm. I mean, when you're looking at him as probably the wide receiver three on that team at the highest to begin with, I mean, I have to say that I have Alec Pierce and uh, Michael Pittman ahead of him. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, ultimately, when you have... Uh, Marvin Harrison saying that Josh Downs is his favorite receiver out of this draft, and when he falls to him on the Colts team, I mean, obviously that speaks volumes. So, I mean, I think that he will be bottle-fed the ball. I think that he's going to probably see at least 100 targets this year. But at the end of the day, what is it going to lead to? I'm not necessarily sure. I mean, I love this kid. I think that he's going to translate heavy to the NFL. But I just don't know exactly, at the end of the day, if he's going to get all those catches, if those targets are going to lead to receptions. Wow, okay. I don't know. Like, I, I'm not, like, feeling, like, 
I'm not like sour on the guy or anything. It's more or less just like like what's gonna happen, you know? Like uh-huh. I feel like. I feel like Anthony Richardson, when you look at him, I feel like he likes the deep ball a little bit more than the touchdown. Or, I'm sorry, with the... I feel like he favors the dump boss more than he likes... Or, I'm sorry, I feel like he favors the deep ball more than the uh, dump offs. Yeah. So, I mean, unless that gets coached into his brain, then maybe, mm-hmm. you know, maybe, then that's cool. But, I mean, unless... Unless, <clears throat> unless this guy turns into Stefan Diggs, which... Shit, could be possible, who knows? I, I, I just don't know how I feel about this guy. Yeah, I think that you need a lot to go right. Exactly, that's how I feel about him. That's why I'm a little bit lower than I feel like what you would think. Yeah. My eight, Jalen Hyatt, another guy who I was absolutely high on. But then, obviously, with the draft process, when people get in these higher draft capital, with people getting maybe, in my, per, in my at least, opinion, uh, better landing spots... I got Jalen Hyatt as my eight going to the Giants. I do think that's a great landing spot for him because mm-hmm. when you look at that room, there's not a lot of real competition. I mean, they did add Darren Waller, so he's honestly I think Darren Waller might be the wide receiver one on that team. Um, but obviously, as a rookie, I think that Jalen Hyatt could be that guy who could go out and make a difference right away and be that home one home run threat. I also think that Jalen Hyatt has absolutely proved that he can do more than just the deep ball as well uh-huh. and i think that his character and his charisma during these interviews if you have seen any of these he they always ask him about his route tree they always ask oh do you think the giants are gonna have you do this that or the other and it's always the coaches know what i can do and they know i can do everything so they're gonna ask me to do what i can do which is everything i don't know i just feel like he has a certain kind of swagger to him that like i'm not saying like uh justin jefferson had but i mean like when people thought he was just gonna be like a slot guy yeah like i think jalen hyatt thinks that everyone thinks he's just gonna be this deep ball guy where i think that jalen hyatt especially with him making comments that he wants to add about 10 pounds let alone this season and this offseason. I heard about that. So if, him playing at around like 190, 195 and still having six foot, I mean, that's a good size wide receiver dog. And I mean, especially him running a 4-4 with that, that's sicko, dude. If you guys haven't heard, Jalen Hyde apparently wants to get up to 190 pounds. Yeah. I think he came into this whole process at around 176. So that's a pretty large increase. That's about an extra 15 pounds. And one well, of the largest knocks against him was how frail he looked, right? Yeah, well, I mean, if you've seen him in any of these uh, interviews lately, I mean, I think he said that he had been clocking in lately around 180-ish, maybe mm-hmm. a little higher. So I think that he might have gotten a little bit lighter, maybe for the combine to run a 4-4 flat, I'm assuming. He said that he gained 4 pounds and he's at 180 right now. Yeah, and he wants to, like you said, add up to 190. So, yeah. I mean, I just feel like if he's playing at that you know, at that size, I'm more comfortable with him. I really am. Yeah, that would be amazing for him. And the reason I guess we're so like strung up on the weight is because you have to be able to take man coverage. You have to be able to take tackles. You have to be able to handle press. Uh, press. You need to be able to say, "Hey, I'm I can withstand high volume." And you got to be able to block a motherfucker too. You can't be a top in top ten, top fifteen, top twenty fantasy receiver if you don't get that respectful like that respective volume. Right. Right? Like, you need at least, like, 8 to 10 targets a game. Yeah. If you're frail as fuck and if you're hurt on every other play, you're not going to get up to 10 targets and 6, 7, 8 catches. Right. Right? 
Like, that's where you get your Stephon Diggs and you get your Devontae Adams and uh, Justin Jeffersons, the guys who can get you six, seven, eight, nine, ten catches a game regularly. Yeah, those guys who can add good muscle, good weight to themselves after that draft process definitely can, you know, add volume to what they can do in the NFL. So to continue my top ten to finalize it, I have Marvin Mims uh, with the Denver Broncos at my nine. I just think that, especially with all those guys still on the roster with Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, and even K.J. Hamler still there, mm-hmm. I mean, I love the prospect, but the landing spot, until it happens, I can't say I'm sold on it. Okay. And then my 10 is Jaden Reed going to the Packers. Yeah, I, I have. Mean, he's sicko, dude. He's a. I mean, I thought that everyone was re- pretty low to uh, begin with on him. But the fact that he went in the second round, I thought, to me, was kind of high. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I like the guy. I mean, allegedly the Packers had him clocked at a four three seven, And, I mean, at 5'10", around 200 pounds. Yes, he is a little old. He's around 22, 23. But, I mean, he already feel like, I feel like he's already established as far as what he's going to be as far as a receiver. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he did everything for the Spartans, dude. I mean, that was a shitty team. But mm-hmm. he still went out and balled out. Yep. So I feel like if he can bring some of that to the Packers, mm-hmm. especially with a team who needs a guy who can, you know, I mean, just spell, you know, the Christian Watts and the Romeo Dubs, we need another guy out there that can actually go out and run some good routes for us, can actually get open for a Jordan Love. I, I feel like this guy has to go at least 3-2. I mean, 3-2 has to be the max on this guy. I mean, like, there's some mock drafts right now where I'm mocking at 3-3 and this guy's available, and I'm like, there's no reason for it. I like him at the end of the second round. I like him at the beginning of the third. Yeah. But regardless, if you're getting him outside of that top 15, top 18 in, like, a one-quarterback league, I think that's great value for Jaden Reed. I I like it a lot, man. And you know what? I want to go ahead and jump into my receivers quickly, too. Yeah, what's up? Uh, So I'm going to give you guys my 1 through 10. I'll give you quick explanations as to why I have people where I have them. Um, and my wide receiver one, consistent as it's been since February, is going to be Jordan Addison. Okay. It's Jordan Addison because I think he's the best route runner in this draft class. He's going to a situation in which Kirk Cousins is an efficient quarterback. Justin Jefferson is going to pull coverage to one side of the field. TJ Hawkinson is going to demand coverage in the middle of the field. And you got guys like Dalvin Cook and running backs who can come out of the backfield. I like Jordan Addison uh, as my one at two, I like JSN, Seahawks. Okay. He's going to be the slot. No matter okay. how much he tells you he wants to play outside, Carroll got him to be the slot. He's going to see a voluminous role during his time there. First round draft capital. Love that. Uh, my wide receiver three is a surprise. Someone who I'm not really seeing as high on most people's boards. But okay. I got Rasheed Rice as wide receiver three. See, I have him as my fourth, so I feel like you can't hate. I like Rasheed Rice, and I had to prove to the world that I like him more than you like him. Okay. Uh, okay. So Rasheed Rice is I'm a hating, dog. I'm He's a dog. I have him as he's my fourth. I'm hating. I'm hating now. He's I'm Brandon Ayuk 2.0. The guy is six foot, just like Brandon Ayuk. He's four pounds heavier than Brandon Ayuk. He's got the short dreads and wears number 11 like Brandon Ayuk. And he's a great route runner like Brandon Ayuk. The guy's going to step into this role on Kansas City and be an alpha. He's going to play outside, and he's a like a contested cash guy. Let me um, ask you this question about Rasheed Rice before we ne- move to the next one. What's up? What's the craziest draft position you would draft that guy at? I think the earliest I would draft uh, Rasheed Rice in like a one-quarterback league would probably be the 1-6. 
maybe the 1-7-ish. I like Dalton Kincaid more than I like Rasheed Rice. That's how much I like Dalton Kincaid now. Okay. Uh, I like guys like JSN and Jordan Addison more. I like Jameer Gibbs and Bijan Robinson more. Right. And shit, even in a one-quarterback league, you got to think about Anthony Richardson. Right, right. Right? So, I'm thinking he's around that one six, one seven mark. I know that seems kind of high for most people, and that's a great thing because that's what I think his true value is, but his current ADP value is going to allow you to get Rasheed Rice in the second round. And in the second round, I mean, that's great value. At the end of the first is great value. 110, 111, 112, 21, 22, 23 is great value. And he's somebody that I like a lot. Uh, so to round out the rest of my receivers, guys, at one, I had Addison. Two, I had JSN. Three, I had Rasheed Rice. At four, I have... At four, I got Quentin Johnston. That's hate. I got Quentin Johnston at four. He has a great size. He's going to get the targets. He's going to get the opportunity. I have him above Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers I have at five with Baltimore. I think he's a great receiver, but I'm playing this as a, I need to see it before I believe a situation with the Baltimore Ravens offense. Uh, at six, I got Jonathan Mingo on the Panthers. I think that he could step into an outside receiving role. Okay. Don't know if he's going to hold down the X for most of his contract. I could see them drafting another alpha receiver to, you know, take that over next year. Uh, but I like Jonathan Mingo as a prospect. I think that he's once again, going to be a great outside receiver who has great undeniable size. Uh, you know, I think underrated speed, great hands. I got Josh Downs as my wide receiver seven. Okay. Route runner. Slot, not too much competition in Indy. At wide receiver eight, I got Jalen Hyatt. Damn, back-to-back we have the same. I think that's back-to-back-to-back, actually. Jalen Hyatt I got at eight because he can make big plays happen, but the question is how consistently will they happen? Uh, Wide receiver nine, I got Jaden Reed, uh, Packers wide receiver, who I thought they kind of reached for a little bit, but he is, you know, a pretty damn good route runner. He is used to, you know, handling high volume at Michigan State. And he's somebody who could come in and be a little bit better than most people, you know, would expect. Right. Well, I like most about him in the Packers system, though. Just, like, as being a Big Ten wide receiver, you have to be able to run block. I mean, he was on the same team where Kenneth Walker was the Doak Walker running back of the year. So, obviously, he has to be able to have good blockers around him. The fact that he was the wide receiver one on that team, he was on the field a lot. That meant he was blocking for him a lot. So I just like that a lot, especially with a Packers team where he's probably going to be blocking a lot this year. Yep, I think he's going to be a big blocker, uh, but I think he's somebody who's going to be on the field a lot, which is going to give him that opportunity. Bingo, bingo. And uh, so Jaden Reed's my wide receiver nine, but at wide receiver ten, I got Marvin Mims. Okay, we flipped um, on that one then. So wide receiver for the Broncos, I think that he's going to... He's one of the first receivers drafted by the regime, and we saw how much regime matters last year. Greg Dolchich was drafted by the Nathaniel Hackett regime, and he got all the opportunity in the world. I think that uh, Marvin Mims is going to come into this offense. He might play like an Emmanuel Sanders type of role when Emmanuel Sanders played for the Saints. Uh, you know, he's going to come in, he's going to play like something like a strong bodied slot, sure hands yep. and, uh, have the opportunity to go up the middle of the field and make big plays happen. Yeah. Um, I've said it from the beginning, I think Cortland Sutton plays a Michael Thomas role and I think Tim Patrick plays like the Ted Ginn role, uh, within this offense and I think Judy's out of here. Um, but we'll see if that comes to fruition, but Mike, uh, Michael Wilson's actually my wide receiver 11 special surprise with him. Uh, just a guy I want to give some highlight to. He's really close to Marvin Mims in my rankings. 
Um, but I have him as uh, just, you know, someone I want to give a little bit of uh, honorary notoriety to. So. Hell yeah, dude. Well, hey, let's jump to what my favorite position is with the tight ends, all right? All right. I want to run through my top five quick. I love all these cats, all right? All right, starting out with number one, I got Dalton Kincaid going to the Buffalo Bills, dude. That's so icy. Yeah. Like, the moment he landed there, dude, I was like, yeah, that's the perfect fit. Like, that's mm -hmm. obviously where he should have went. Mm-hmm. Unreal. Number two, Sam Laporta. I was hoping the Packers could have scooped this guy. Unfortunately, the Lions had an earlier pick. And so they ended up with him. I think that this guy honestly could end up being someone like uh, TJ Hawkinson or like... Honestly, I think he gives me more of a uh, uh, Kittle vibe, if I'm going to be real with you. That's Michael Mayer hate. No, dude. I think that Kittle's unreal. And I think that Sam Laporta gives me that same vibe. So, number three, I have Luke Musgrave going to the Packers. Oh, shit. I love Luke Musgrave going to the oh, Packers, dude. Shit, they were dude. so light on tight ends. And if we ever look at what the Packers do, it's run the fuck out of the ball and pass to the tight ends. And when you look at what uh, Matt LaFleur did when he was down in Tennessee, it's a very tight end heavy team. So with him drafting his guys with the guy he that he drafted in the second fucking round, I'm assuming he's going to be bottle fed the fucking ball, dude. I'm just saying. Number four, I got Michael Mayer there. The drop stops for you. You're wow. welcome, buddy. So Michael Mayer going in there, I think is a good pick. Obviously with them losing both uh, Foster Moreau and uh, Darren Waller, I think that this team was obviously white, uh, tight end needy. Let's see what happens with this dude. I mean, like I don't think he's going to be like the next Gronk or anything like you think you're expecting, but I think that he definitely could be a guy. Okay. And then number five, I have Tucker Kraft. So, the other uh, tight end that the Packers... Big Packer guy. Dude, I'm just saying that both these guys were great prospects to begin with. Yeah. But then, like, when you look at their draft position and, like, what they're able to do, mm -hmm. I mean, they're this guy's a dog. I mean, there's some mm. comparisons of this guy being potentially a uh, Gronk. Mm. I don't know if he's going to be quite that, but that's kind of a sick comp. Uh, and then, obviously, if I could add a six, it'd be Darnell Washington. Love that guy. Yeah. Obviously, him going to... Honorary I, mention. Dude, that guy's going to be a beast. Mm -hmm. I absolutely am so excited for that guy. I believe he went to the uh, Bengals, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Darnell Washington went to the Steelers. He went to the Steelers, so the other team in the NFC North. AFC so, North. Holy shit. Dude, go get your shit right. right? <laughs> Am I right? Ayo. Here yep. we go. Well, we go. he went to the Steelers. Facts. Nonetheless, I'm not sure exactly how I feel about the landing spot just mm -hmm. because they do have Firemuth there. Okay. But I obviously love the prospect, and that's why he's six rather than five. Yep. I love the uh, landing spot with Kraft, and so that's what that's what took it over the top with that. Okay, that's understandable. And my list actually ain't too dissimilar at the top. At one, I got Dalton Kincaid. Yep. I know I love Michael Mayer, uh, but Dalton Kincaid got the first-round draft cap, which you can't deny. And him and Mayer were already close for me, but that first-round draft cap kind of puts him over the edge. Yep. Uh, so give me Dalton Kincaid with the Buffalo Bills as my tight end one. My tight end two is Mayer. Daug, all-around tight end, great blocker. He's probably going to step into a decent amount of target share to start out. Uh, but at some point when Devontae isn't there, if Hunter Renfro ever signs with another team... Uh, he's going to step into a ton of target share. Dude, I feel like that's a lot of hate because, like, when you look at what the Raiders did last year, 
I feel like the Titans didn't really get targeted a lot. But when you look at what the Lions did, you had a bunch of nobodies catching a lot of passes. Well, Darren and Wa- I feel like you're giving Sam Laporta a lot of hate. Bro. Uh, I feel like you're sleeping on Sam Laporta. What the fuck are you doing, Ja? Sam Laporta's cool. Unless you have him on your Sam next Laporta, summer, Sam I, Laporta was actually my tight end three. Thank you very much. Okay, okay. Uh, but Michael Mayer was my two just because I think that Bro. he arguably was one of the best tight end prospects. And he's going to get on the field very often. I think Sam Laporta is cool. Like he's nice. He's on the Lions, but they already have an Amon Ross St. Brown. They have Jamison Williams. They have Jameer Gibbs out of the backfield, who's probably going to line up in the slot here and there. Yeah, so like, I feel like having have, like they, the they, yeah, they so having these... a Devontae Adams and a Hunter Renfro and you name it down the list doesn't mean shit for the Raiders. Uh, I think him, I think it's better. Oh, no. I think it's better for Michael Mayer because those guys are older. Right? With the Lions, you're talking about young guns. You're talking about Amon Ra, first contract. Jamison Williams, first contract. Jameer Gibbs hasn't played an NFL game yet. Like, these guys are going to be around for the next three, four, five years. Devontae Adams might be gone after next year. Yeah, but right? dude, like... Hunter Renfro at... might be gone after next year. Josh Jacobs is on a franchise tag. Yeah, but when you look at the team, though, like, wouldn't you think, like, right now is the time to utilize those guys? When you're a Ideally, head, but when for you're a rookie, Rutgers... I'm looking at their long term. I don't care as sure, much about what you do if... your rookie year. Sure, but I feel like if you have your best targets as a wide receiver, you're probably going to utilize those guys a little bit more. I digress, and I move to the Lions, though. And when you look at the Lions being a run-heavy team, utilizing those uh, heavy tight end sets, I just feel like when you have a guy who can block and who can catch like Sam Laporta, he's going to be on the fucking field literally 95% of the downs. Mm-hmm. Like, you talk about the guy who's going to be on the field, it's going to be him. I mean, he's not going to be a wide receiver who's taking off downs or... I'm sorry, like, I'm, I'm not no, a... he's athletic, and I think like, that he could play, like, the slot. He could play um, one of those, like, you know, funky roles where he, like, moves around the formation and yeah. shit. But I think that Michael Mayer is just an overall better prospect overall better tight end i think he's the best all-around tight end in this draft class i guess we gotta disagree um, or agree to disagree i just feel but like that's yeah like some give hate. me mayor's my tight end two laporta's my tight end three all right what's your four? uh my four is musgrave with the packers okay. uh go jordan love five is darnell he's you know what i'm saying big he's, as he's fuck. a guy he's the he's guy. gonna get some targets he's gonna get the opportunity he's a athletic mismatch against anyone on the field. Yeah, and when you have Tomlin on that team, dog, you know that he's going to love a guy like that. He's going to make sure he gets the ball. Yeah, my my rankings actually pretty much directly correlate with sleepers okay. uh, in terms of like their tight end rankings if you were to be drafting, but that's for a reason. They're valid. Okay. Um, that's just based off the prospect profiles and the draft cap. And um, once again, a draft cap, Kincaid's first round. Mayer was a second round guy. Laporta was a second round guy. Uh, Michael Mayer was a third round Mus- guy. Musgrave was a second round guy. Mayer was a third though. No, he wasn't. Mayer was 35. He was picked 35 in the draft. What? Yeah. He was like the third pick of the second round. What? Yep. And uh, Darnell Washington was third round. So like, I guess with what? that position, I like to abide by draft cap. And uh, that's kind of just where those guys what? fell. When did he go 35? I thought that guy went like 75. Yeah, son, he was like first, one of the first. He went right after Levis. I thought he went 75, that ass. That's hate, bro. You hate this motherfucker. I do. I do hate that like, guy. We need to get him on an interview so you can like, just tell him why you feel the way you feel about him. If we could. Hey, Michael, if you if you listen out there, let us know, dog. I'd love to have you on. Hey, yo, but let's run quick to... Quarterbacks? Yeah, dude. So we just had the Kentucky Derby. So we just had, you know, obviously like the Golden Horses run those races. 
these are probably the golden horses of this draft, at least the first three of these guys. So I want to hear how you got these first three ranked. Uh, fuck, man. This is hard. It is. AR-15. Okay. I like that going to the Colts. I do. AR-15 is just a, he's just a freak athletically. Yeah. He's my QB one. Okay. Um, he's just the biggest. I respect Russian, it, bro. He's the biggest Russian threat, and I have to respect that. He got the draft capital of top five. Before the draft, we didn't know where he would go. There was a lot of speculation. He was the fourth player off the board, and you know he lands on an offense with Shane Steichen, who's worked with uh, Jalen Hurts. Yep. I like the upside too much. He's naturally going to come in and probably rush more than all these other quarterbacks. Yeah. He's my one. Bryce Young is my two. Stroud's my three. Okay. Uh, my four is probably Hendon Hooker. I like him more than I like Will Levis. I think Hendon Hooker could step into a situation on the Lions in which he's surrounded by weapons. And I think that Will Levis is on the Tennessee Titans who, you know, kind of lack weapons. They kind of lack receiving options out of, outside of Traylon Burks. Yeah. Uh, we don't know what's happening with D. Henney, and at some point they're going to have to rebuild. But they're going to have to rebuild with Will Levis passing a fucking... Who? Right. Like Josh Reynolds. Like, I don't even know who's on that team. Traylon Burks. He's going to be Kyle passing Phillips. in Nick Westbrook, Akeen, Kyle Phillips, Chris Moore, and Chigazim Akonkwo. Yep. And uh, Josh Wiley. Yeah. So it's like the the situation Hinda Hooker would step into at some point is way better, which is why Hinda Hooker's my QB4 and Will Levis is my QB5. That makes sense. Uh, what about you? So, mine's kind of switched up at the top, actually. So, I have uh, CJ Stroud still as my one. Okay. I, I do. I just feel like I feel like I like the area where that head coach is leading. Mm-hmm. I like their weapons. I really like that they have Xavier Hutchinson, Tank Dell, Robert Wood. So, they have a vet in there. And, I mean, their targets might not be Fuego right away. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that's definitely a team that you can build with. And I think that C.J. Stroud is smart enough and tough enough to build with that team. And when you look at it, they yep. have probably one of the best left tackles in the league, and you need to have a good left tackle for your blind spot. Mm-hmm. And so I just like C.J. Stroud with all that being said, especially with the run game being pretty pretty good as well, especially with my boy Damian Pierce being that RB1. Dude. Number two, <sighs> number two I got... AR-15, though. I do have uh, Anthony Richardson as my two. Uh, obviously, rushing upside is elite, but I think that C.J. Stroud's rushing upside has not been tapped yet. Mm-hmm. I think it's honestly one of those things that people have brought up. Like People always say that this guy has been like elite like in basketball. So that obviously, that obviously means that he has pretty decent foot movement. He has good lateral movement. This guy can obviously run a little bit. So I just feel like that's been he's been in these offenses where he hasn't been allowed to really utilize his footwork that much. I feel like if he goes to the 49ers scheme when you had D'Amico Ryan's run not one but four fucking offenses damn near, especially when they also when he was also on the team when they had Colin Kaepernick, I feel like he also has shades of what he's able to do. So if he's utilized and is able to run the ball a little bit and just give that extra wrinkle to that offense like I think he could, I just feel like C.J. Shaw should be the one. Yeah, agreed. So three, uh, unfortunately, leads to Bryce Young. I mean, I love the guy. I think that he's going to be an all right quarterback. But all in all, dude, like when you look at that picture of him and Brian Burns, I'm scared for fucking Bryce Young's life. Dude, I like Bryce Young a lot, and I heavily debated him at my QB1. And, like, 
The reason I put Rich at my QB1 is because Bryce is obviously smaller than you would like to see. Right. But Richardson is really the only true rushing threat as a quarterback. Like That's w- been shown so far. I would like Young if he was more of a scrambler. I don't know. Like, his rushing upside, it just... I mean, Darian Robson Thomas has also shown to be a rushing threat. Yeah, but it's, he didn't get the draft cap. These other oh, three guys got, Oh, okay, okay. You know? So, like, I don't know. I, I, I can understand why you have Bryce as your fantasy QB3 from this draft class. But. Right. And then my rounding it out is the same. I have Hendon. I honestly think that him being the quarterback for the Lions in three to four years from now makes a lot of sense. I could see them kind of handing it off the way that the Packers have kind of done with the with uh, the regime-to-regime type effect of that. I just think that Campbell's going to be there for a long time. He, so, he, he could be like a younger Geno Smith. Yeah, I could definitely see it. I mean, obviously his age gives you some question marks. I think he's 24 or something right now, so it's like, mm-hmm. what the fuck? Like, but whatever, dude. I mean, if he can play ball, you can play ball. The way Geno Smith got handed the keys to the Ferrari with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and right. like Ken Walker... Same shit could happen to Hendon Hooker and Amon Ra and Jamison Williams and Jameer Gibbs. Yeah. Sam Laporta. Yep. And then, uh, yeah, Will Levis, I mean, kind of the same group as you. I mean, I, I mean, I like, I like think at the same time, like, is he going to be the guy potentially? I mean, like, I had my questions about him just, I mean, coming out of the draft, I thought that this guy was kind of overhyped. Mm-hmm. But, like... Oh no! I mean, with the capital, you have to think that there has to be some sort of belief in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so probably not starting this year, but down the road, I think that you got to think that he's probably going to be forced to start. I don't think that Ryan Tannehill is going to be there past this year. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think you're probably looking at the QB of the future, and if they're going to rebuild around him, or if they're going to try to say it's a reshift or whatever, whatever mm-hmm. it might be. But I mean, when you look at his weapons with Traylon Burks. And Kyle Phillips, I mean, the list isn't very deep and it isn't very impressive. But, I mean, it, it kind of looks like he's kind of set up for failure, if you ask me. I can, so, I can kind of agree. I just don't think he's going to step into a great situation. Yeah, I mean, that defense is going to be great, don't get me wrong. But, I mean, all in all, I mean, it's just one of those things to where that offense has never really necessarily been pass-friendly. And... Yeah, man, like, I mean, you have to be somewhat mobile because I don't think they necessarily invest all that in their line either. Are you drafting Kayshawn Booty if he's available Um, in this year's, like, You're telling me, like, if it comes, like, the fifth round and, like... Last round of the draft, you are, like, the fifth pick through the last round and Kayshawn Booty's still on the table. Are you taking him? It honestly depends on who else is available. I mean, like... Let's say it's Kayshawn Booty, Evan Hull, and Tank Dell. Honestly, just because I would assume at that point I have taken uh, C.J. Stroud as my quarterback, I'm probably going to go with Tank Dell. Okay, okay. Get that duo. And, like, that's if Tank Dell falls that far, but, I mean. And that's if I take C.J., obviously. Yeah, but according to ADP, he's actually going, he was the 69th pick in the draft, and he's, like, being projected to go in, like, the fourth or fifth round. Right. It's kind Tank of, Dell is, which is insane. Good luck to you. Me and Dugo have our home league draft on Saturday. Uh, So we're going to be coming in next week talking shit. And until then, uh, wish us luck. Happy fishing, guys. We hope your drafts go well. Um, And we'll talk to you guys next week. Peace.
Glow, yeah. She my pills, me no poppy, yeah. Me no one.